little pause from our series of The Great Reset to talk about, well, it's kind of like a reset, isn't it? In a sense, to resetting fathers to the Father's heart, the true Father's heart this morning. But we want to take this moment to honour our Father's congregation um, today by thanking them for their sacrifices they make for their family, because you do make sacrifices for showing love, care, protection, provision, and being a mentor to them. You are a mentor to them. They watch everything you do. Children are sponges. If you haven't worked out, they just, you know, they actually see everything you do and they copy alike. But I also want to recognize all he had a good experience growing up with a father. Some have no father around, an abusive father, or have lost a father. I'm going to be praying for you later at the end of the service. But I want to start off. In 1974, a man named Harry Chepin wrote a song called Cats in the Cradle. Who remembers that song? It was a big hit around the world. The song was about... I'm losing sound here. Sorry. The song was about a father who was always too busy to spend time with his... Sorry, are you hearing me? It seems to be dropping out. I'll grab a mic, sorry. Technical issues, testing one, two, one, two. <laughs> okay. So Harry Chapman wrote the song. Uh, called, it was about a father who was always too busy to spend time with his son, even though his son always promises to grow up just like him. Till one day, many years later, he sees his son act in the same way he used to, not making time for his family at all and realizing too late that he really did grow up just to be like his father. In honour of our fathers today, I want to play a video giving a healthy twist to the classic Harry Chapman song, Cats in the Cradle. It provides a vivid picture of impact a father's investment has in the lives of others. So we're ready to roll that. Very good. I love that shot of that kid in the car there. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> Very good. As you can see, uh, that was a great twist on the original song. It shows you the positive side of fathers in people's lives. In fact, um, academic and author Dr. Richard Fletcher says that there is now significant evidence to show that when fathers take a positive, active role in the lives of their children, fewer behavioural problems, improved school, uh, social skills and better educational outcomes result. When dads and positive male models are involved with their children, there are many benefits for themselves their children, their families, and the wider community. The presence of a father in the home makes a tremendous difference in a child's future. Did you know that children from a fatherless home are, and I'm just going to put this up on here, you need to see the effects. This is from America. Now, this is probably a little bit outdated. It's probably worse than this now. Did you know that children from a fatherless homes are five times more likely to commit suicide, 32 times more likely to run away, 20 times more likely to have behavioural disorders, 14 times more likely to commit rape, nine times more likely to drop out of school, 10 times more likely to abuse chemical substances, and nine times more likely to end up in state-operated institutions. As you can see, it's, it's, very, it's a very important job. Being a dad, you know, I remember uh, when I first became a father, it was like, you know, suddenly you got this young child to look after, and it was like, what do I do from here? Where's the instruction book? 
that's why we need mothers. <laughs> and we certainly mothers know what to do and we just go along. But we realise that we have an important part to play in all that. Children need fathers in their life. You know, we're living in a very strange time of life. You know, today as we honour our fathers, we must realise that the world is telling us a different story to what it should. About a father and mother, the father and mother is no longer seen as the norm. We have two mums, we have two dads, that's not a family. And we can see the effect on the kids from those sort of families and uh, the, the, the statistics show that it's, it's, it's always a minus, not a plus. You know, we've got some feminists speaking out today to just say that they don't need men anymore. We don't really need them. And now they're talking sciences where we can just clone kids and we don't need a father involved and all those sort of things from taking DNA. And I don't know how all that works, but it's crazy stuff. So men have had to walk through that sort of part of life right now that we're in, kind of getting confused about what is our play in all this? What is our part to play? <clears throat> but fathers, I want to tell you today that you are leaders, influencers in your kid's life. As I said, they are a sponge. They watch everything you do. They um, will copy you. They say things like you. Sometimes they say things and go, where would you hear that from? From you, Dad. <laughs> oh, I thought it was from your mum. Sorry. <laughs> There were some stats taken uh, years ago by Promise Keepers and the Baptist Press in conjunction with Lutherans and a few other parties. And it said this, if a father doesn't go to church, and even if his wife does, only one child in 50 will become a worshipper. At best, the stats showed 18% from another study would uh, only be an 18% would come to church if that was the circumstances. That's why it's important, Dads, that you're here. So well done. Congratulate yourself for being here this morning. You are making a big influence to your children. When Dad goes to church, the kids want to go to church. As we further go on. And of course, you know, I know it's tough for some that are single parents. And I want to say, mothers, you're doing a great job. And if you are a single mother and bring your kids to church, you're doing an awesome job. And God will support you in that as you, you push through on all those things. Statistics say that where a father regularly attends church, uh, even if the mother doesn't, 66% of the children will attend church. Can you see the difference there? The influence of the father, the children will go. When husband and wife both attend, 75% of the children will become attenders. We need men who understand the importance of being an influential godly father. John Lindell said this, The reality is you can produce a family, but that does not make you a father. You can be married, but that does not make you a mate. You can be a male, but that does not make you a man. The way we live our life and lead our, in our homes will affect our children, our marriage, and the generation to come. You know, as I was thinking about that, because we all have different stories to tell of our own fathers, good or bad, and, uh, and you realise how much you are influenced by them. And sometimes it's not a good influence. You know, I look back in uh, my father's, my father was quite a strong man, but very quiet, never sort of knew what he was up to in the sense he never really shared much, so I didn't know much about him at all. Uh, I think it was later years that my mum explained a little bit about things because he grew up during World War II 
was a six-year-old. His father was out uh, setting up decoys and that because the place where they lived was heavily bombed all the time. A shipbuilding yard was there. And so he never saw his dad a lot because he was always out uh, doing all these little ops, special ops. <laughs> and, uh, and so he was pretty much, I don't think he really had a good role model. And, uh, you know, and he went through the trauma of, of World War II as well and uh, being blown across the room by a bomb. And, uh, you know, all those sort of things have a part to play in who you are and when your dad's not there in those times. So when I grew up, of course, he's learned from his dad. So now my dad is doing the same as what his dad did. You know, he's going out to work. He's trying to provide for family. He's doing all those things, but not spending much time. In fact, my dad at one stage was working seven, probably about seven days a week just to keep everything afloat and uh, never really saw him much of him in that sense. It wasn't until later that we grew up and uh, basically I worked with him, so that's the closest I got to know him. But we have lots of good fathers. We have fathers that uh, will be in our lives, out of our lives. There's all sorts of mix here today. But I want to tell you, if you are a father, that's the most important uh, thing you can do, the most important job that God has given you, the greatest assignment He's given you. Quite often we can think our career is our assignment. Quite often we can think it's about rising to the top in our business, the big CEO position, but that's not it. It's raising your family correctly, raising your kids correctly. And uh, that's the greatest thing. And too many men have put their time and effort too much into work, and uh, the kids have suffered for it. And, uh, you know, if that's you, you don't need to repeat that cycle. I decided when I, um, when I um, became a father that I was not going to be the same. I'm not going to just work, 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 and not see my kids. Uh, in fact, my dad didn't even really know how to relate to me when I was younger because he'd never had his dad to relate to him. So he was waiting until I was older so I could go to the... He used to love rugby, rugby games and things with him, something he could connect with. But we don't have to, as fathers, we don't have to stay in that position like our fathers. We can go, no, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that. So I had three daughters. And uh, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> three daughters. And, uh, you know, we used to do everything together. You know, we'd go out. I'd take them to the... Uh, to the park when they're kids, you know, they'd be, Dad, take me to the park. I could have just said, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm too busy, I'm too tired. But no, all right, let's do it. You make the effort. There's a part of life where you have to push yourself through that tiredness spell because it can get very tiring. You know, when you've done a full day's work and you come home, you just want to sit down and do nothing. As men do, we just get into our nothing box. And, uh, but, uh, you know, your kid's going, Dad, can we go to the park? Can we go to the park? You just got to go, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and we'll go to the park. You know, and then there's a night time where you're just like, okay, it's, you're looking forward to the 7.30 time when Fat Cat puts them to bed. We used to record it, and sometimes we put on a bit earlier. <laughs> uh, but kids are pretty wise. They get keen on that. But, uh, but. The deal was, even then, you know, you'd, you'd sort of make sure that they know that you're the last person they see before they go to sleep, that you're there, that you're protecting them, that you care about them. And, uh, you know, they'd bring out the book, Dad, can you read this book? Okay. Oh, I've read that one several times. Do I have to read it again? Oh, yes, it's my favourite. 
And I used to skip through the pages because it was painful for me. But they knew it. They, the kids are so smart, they just know. It goes, Dad, I think you missed a couple pages. <laughs> and I'd go, oh, oh, yes, I did. Oh, sorry about that. As I'm flicking over a few more into the distraction. And quickly, uh, the end. Hang on, that's not the end, Dad. There's still another chapter. But you just do those things as a dad. You know, you, you have fun. You know, we, we'd have... Bedtime was a fun time for us, you know. <laughs> we used to just, just joke around. Girls would be there and, and I used to come and do something you like to make them uh, jump or something you like playing games and stuff. And we made up these weirdest things. Dads wait, make up some weird things, don't we? And, uh, you know, be like, <laughs> they used to love this one called the spider because they're all scared of the spider. <laughs> and they'd be like, Dad, Dad, do the spider. And i go, what do you mean the spider? You know the spider? Oh, there's no spider around here. I'll, don't, I'll just go have a look. And I'd go out of the bedroom. <laughs> and I'd say, is there any spider here? And then all of a sudden I'd pop my head around the corner. I can't see any spider. There's no spider. And then I'd just come, then I'd come racing in like a spider. It was just crazy stuff. But they used to go bananas on and thought it was hilarious. It's quite embarrassing, but, you know, it was fun. But that's the sort of things Dad do. They just have fun with their kids and enjoy that and uh, and you just have a great time, you know, and it goes so quick too. We always felt that it was important also as a father, as a family, to spend time on holidays. Now, we often had our kids coming home and saying, oh, my friend's got a big TV in their bedroom. You know, it's massive. And all we had back then was a little tiny thing like this. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, that's all right, but we take you away on places. We, we do things with you or whatever. Do they go on holidays? No. And I said, well, what would you prefer? And you know that's been the best decision we ever made because today they remember those holidays. I don't think they remember that little TV. I did actually replace it later on with a bigger one. <laughs> I always remember hearing it because uh, I waited for the girls to go to bed and uh, I brought the big box in, you know, the big TV, set it up because I knew they'd be up first in the morning and turn on the kids' shows. And I always remember my youngest getting up first. You could hear them, you know, they go, and the first words was, oh, my goodness, <laughs> I just saw this big TV. <laughs> but it's those little things that you remember and have a laugh about. And that's the great thing about being a dad. But as much as we, we teach and, and train them in certain ways and aspects of life, the most important aspect of life for us is to be the spiritual head of the household, uh, has been for myself and should be for fathers. So we can start... We could even go into the area of trying to get them into a career that we liked, something we never got to, but we want them to live out our life. Well, that's not the deal. I said to my kids, you can be whatever you want, but the most important thing is that your life is connected with God, that you live from that place. And so we would do that from a young age. We would set them up to, um, to know God, to know God. In fact, in the verse Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through to 7, I was just going to read this this morning. <clears throat> Here it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be in your heart. And it says in verse 7, You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. In all times, to remember these things and as you teach them, as you live them, I should say, 
Because you can teach. I've, I've heard people teach, you know, the scriptures of their kids, but they're not actually living in themselves. The kids catch more than what they're taught. They see how you do it, they're going to do it as you do it. Even though you may teach them a different way. And that's why it's important that fathers are involved. That's why it's important that fathers are even church. You can teach your kid that you need to go to church, but if the father's not doing it, they're not going to do it. We are called to instruct children as soon as they are capable in the knowledge of God and of His commandments and that they have love for Him and serve and worship Him. You know, from the early days, we, we would have different things we'd do with our kids, you know, always around the table. We'd pray together. We'd pray for the meal, have some interesting variations of grace that would come out from the girls singing different songs and things, but it was all good. We would spend time, I'd, I'd, at the time I was in college, I'd be uh, uh, learning some study, but I didn't allow that to stop me not having time with my girls, so they used to be part of my study. <laughs> I used to involve me in my uh, Bible study stuff for my college, uh, Bible college, and uh, we had a great time. So I was teaching them theology at a young age, <laughs> little tacos, and you know they were just practicing things and hearing things. We made games, we were inventive, playing games so I could remember things more and they could remember it all. But you know, those sort of things stick with them. Um, one of their grandmothers bought them a tape, I forgot the guy's name now, uh, he used to sing a lot of scripture in song, kids' songs, and it's amazing today, they can still quote those songs. And uh, even I can because it was brainwashed into me. You know, one of the greatest evangelistic tools of that time, it's changed now because uh, VeggieTales has been taken over. But VeggieTales uh, used to have so much fun, uh, kids' level tr- teaching and adults. There was some fun stuff. I used to watch VeggieTales. <laughs> but we used to have the tape. The girls loved the tape and they'd be in the back of the car, you know. You know, Tom the Tomato and, <laughs> and uh, all the Veggie Tales things. But it was quite an incredible time of teaching in a fun way. But putting that into our kids today has not left them. It's still with them. You know, every night, like I said, we'd have those fun games and uh, it, it, they would be passionate through that because they saw I was passionate about it, not just Veggie Tales, but passionate about God. <laughs> because I was so passionate about God, they became passionate about God. See, if they see you passionate about something, they will also become passionate about it. But if God is not on your radar, He's like somewhere down the list, it's going to be the same for them. You know, I see so many kids not coming to church because their dad is not here uh, or, or kids not wanting to go to church because the family doesn't go. It's boring. I don't want to go there. All these sort of things come. But when the dad makes it interesting, when the dad's passionate about the church, they want to come too. In fact, when we used to go on holidays, I remember the first holiday we flew up to Queensland and uh, it happened to be a Sunday while we we're up there, the kids were asking to fly back to church here. So we could do church. And I said, that's not how it works. We we're on a holiday. <laughs> but we went to another church while we we're up there. But um, that's how passionate they were. And they've ne- we've never had to entice them, you know, like, oh, if you come, I'll do this for No, 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 they just want to come because we've installed that in them over the years. And that is the job of the father as a spiritual head of the household to put that in those kids because you are the spiritual leader of the house. And uh, fathers, you need to be strong and courageous. I know this is not easy being a father, like, uh, but it can be a, a very much an enjoyment. I've really enjoyed the time with my daughters. You know, we would have some crazy fun times. We still do when we get together. 
And, uh, you know, so when I was watching that video, I thought, gee, yeah, I can remember some moments like that. Not the one in the car. <laughs> that was a bit different. But, um, but certainly uh, some fun times. But the greatest thing for fathers, as God looks down at us, is that we represent Him. We need to be fathers that represent Him in all that we do. There's too many things in this world that try to pull us and say we should be like that. You know, the world looks upon churches as not relevant. Uh, you know, it's not really a place blokes go to. Well, I'm telling you, this is where real men are. The real men are in the house of God. The real men. They're on their hands and knees. They're praying. They're not leaving it to the women to do all that. We've got some great women here that prayers and doing all that. Man, we need to rise up. Fathers, we need to rise up. We need to be praying. We need to be leading our family in all things, not taking the back seat. You know why so many women rise up? It's because the men won't. That's what I found. You know, somebody once said in this church, she said, you've got a lot of women doing things. I said, yeah, well, you know, we've got, we're, trying, we're working on the men. And, we, and I want to say this now, man, you're doing a great job. You are rising up. But we had a time where it wasn't like that. And it was very difficult to get a man to do anything because they just sat back and let the women do everything. The women were becoming the leaders, but we've been called to be the leaders. Girls, the girls in this house are exceptional. They do an amazing thing. But guys, we need to make the example. We need to step up. God calls fathers to pray. We need to be praying fathers. You need to be praying for your children every night, every day, you know, because they need your support. They're under a lot of attack. You don't realize how much uh, you are as a protection uh, an umbrella of protection upon your kids and uh, influencer. I always remember the story, um, oh, I've forgotten his name now, we'll come to him in a minute. He talked about the influence of what the father does can seep through to the son. And he was talking like an umbrella in the sense of protection because we are the head of the household, we are like an umbrella over our family. And if we don't have that protection up, we allow our family to be affected by the things that are affecting us. And uh, it is so true, I find. So that's why it's so important that we make a stand, that we are strong, that we protect our family. Because if we walk out as the head, it's like we're walking the whole family out of the protection. And they will be affected by it. And the devil knows that. He will, will try to do that. Some fathers have not started off well. And uh, sometimes... You know, it is like that. If I feel like the first child is almost like your experiment because you've never done this before. How do I do this? You know, I've said this before. The first day of taking our first child out, uh, I jumped in the car, started up, and Sharon said, aren't you forgetting something? And I said, no, keys. I got the, <laughs> the child. <gasps> so it's uh, very much can be that way, but... Uh, you know, but as you go, you learn and you go, wow, you know, they just look at you. They just watch everything. They respond. They get to know you very soon. You know, like you often find when someone brings a pretty young child in and whatever and you go, oh, you're so cute. And they look at you and go, you're not my dad. <laughs> because they recognize their dads as a safety when they see their dad. Their dad's strong. Their dad's uh, all the things that they want them to be. They're there for them through time. Actually, I was just thinking about it the other day. As you grow up as a father, you become very skilled. You become an Uber driver. <laughs> you become so many things. You become the RAA when your daughters grow up and the cars are breaking down. 
you've you got to fill all these spots. You know, if there's a spider in the room, you become uh, an insect killer. Uh, it just goes on. You've got to be very skilled as a dad. So don't ever put yourself down. You, you've got a big skill uh, to be a dad, uh, all these things. When there's a noise outside, you know, Dad, there's a noise outside. Can you go check it? Uh, okay. <laughs> and... Uh, but us dads, we are pretty, we're pretty cluey. We kind of know. Sometimes we don't need, need to go out. We just know that sound, don't we? We just know that sound. You go, what was that sound? That's a neighbour across the road just getting in through the fly screen door. I can hear them open the door. Yeah. We just got an ear for hearing things. That, that's different. So, but that's how we design. We design differently. You know, and, uh, but that gives our kids an assurance. No, they're, they're safe. The kids want to feel safe. You know, and... Uh, <laughs> And I think that's a response on how you deal with them. They're looking for a relationship with you, not to buy everything. You know, there's so many fathers that buy things for their kids. Like, oh, here, yeah, get, here's a load going, go, go play with that, don't bother me. Here's this, go buy that. You can't buy your kids. You cannot do that. They want your time. They want a relationship. They don't want just things. You always have things, but things are not going to last. Things are not the important thing that pushes the relationship over the line is it's a thing that just breaks the relationship, if anything. You know, and, uh, and look, kids go through different phases. When you get to teenage years, they get a bit of an attitude and, uh, you know, like they don't want to hang out. It's not cool to hang out with mum and dad, you know. It's like, it's not cool. <laughs> but they, they, it doesn't mean they've disconnected on the inside. I remember um, having to go many times to an appointment in... Uh, Melbourne with my youngest, and uh, back then they had the Heelys, you know, the, do you remember those Heelys that you had a little wheel in the shoe? And uh, She just loved those things. So I'd have to walk a block or so from um, in Melbourne, the streets there, to get to the appointment. She'd just be on her heels, on my arm, you know, and I'm dragging her through the streets, you know. She thought that was great. But then as we did this over the years, the next year, it was like now I'm sort of just hold on to your shirt. And then suddenly there's a disconnect, like, it's not cool anymore, I'm old, I don't, have to, don't touch dad's arm anymore, I don't hold that. And, and that you just see a little progression happening like that. And you go, oh. And I know as a dad, you go, oh, you just don't know how to, what do I do, you know? And Sharon would tell me, girls need, need uh, Sharon's told me that they need their dads, they need to have affirmation, all these things. So, you, but you're kind of a bit confused, what does that mean? I like, can I go near them now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, when they start developing in terms of a young lady, it's, it's a different deal again. You sort of just don't know what to do. You don't know where your place is anymore. It's, uh, so you need a bit of help. But the thing is, the girls never change inside. That, you know, and it's, it's events like Father's Day, birthdays, and that you get the amazing gifts from your kids. And uh, it's just go, wow. You go, I must be doing something right. <laughs> But if we're looking at a pure example of what a father is like, I guess you can find a lot through the Scriptures. And one particularly is Psalm 103, verse 2 through to verse 6, outlining some of the things of what our Heavenly Father is like. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all the benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, he is the forgiven Father goes on to say, who redeems your life? He's the redeeming father. He's the compassionate father in verse uh, 4. 
with steadfast love and mercy. He is the satisfying Father, it says in uh, verse 5, who satisfies you with good. And in uh, verse 6, He is the righteous Father. I guess when trying to work out what I should be as a father, we got to look to the Heavenly Father as your example. You got to look to Him because He has it all together. You can't look to earthly fathers. A lot of them are mixed up, messed up, trying to work things through, have not even gotten themselves together. And I want to say, if you're going to, get, if you're going to help your children get through things, you've got to get it together yourself. Get it together yourself and then you can help them. But if you haven't got together, how can you actually help them? Proverbs 3.12 says, For whom Jehovah loves, he corrects, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. A father is there also to discipline when things are wrong. You know, some parents, uh, fathers are like, oh, no, no, don't want, don't, I'll just pretend it didn't happen. No, you, you've got to bring correction. It actually says he loves those he disciplines. The Heavenly Father lo- uh, disciplines those he loves. And... Um, so we need to be in a position of discipline. You know, my kids will know that I would put things straight. I'm not going to take anything outside that. Um, they can sometimes play on the mums because the mums are more emotional and they get away a lot with the mums. Oh, mum, can I have this? And the mum will go, oh, okay, I suppose you've been a nice kid. Come to dad, nope. <laughs> no, you didn't clean your room up. You didn't do that. You asked to do that twice, you know. So there's a difference of uh, role models. And as a father, we need to be that role model, the one that disciplines our children. So they, so actually uh, they bring up, the, we're actually wiring them up for the correction for the future. How we speak to our kids, how we deal with our kids, influences them to how they will be one day when they are a parent themselves. So being a, a dad carries a great responsibility God is our ideal father, the perfect example to, of all, to all fathers. And that's why we need to know about our heavenly father. That's why as men, we need to read the word of God. We need to lead from the word of God. We need to be prayers. We need to be that spiritual leader of the household. We cannot leave that just to the mums. We need to actually show that because we are the biggest influences statistically in the family unit. And if we're not doing it, they're not going to do it. Fathers, I pray today that you will find that passion in your life to say, hey, I've not done it perhaps so good up to now, but it's all going to change. I understand now my responsibilities. We need men to stand up to be strong and courageous, like Joshua, as God spoke to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Yeah, we're going through some really messy times. There's a lot of messed up kids out there because there's no fathers involved. There's no fathers to bring correction to guidance or any of those things. We have to be those fathers. God is good and He will help you along the line, you know. So it's not about if you hadn't started right, it's about you can change today. Today can be a new day and go, I'm going to make amend for those things. I'm going to go ring my son, daughter that I haven't spoken to a long time. How many families are split over time just over silly little things, usually to do with pride because I'm not going to admit fault. Well, sometimes we just got to go, it's not worth it. Life is too short. So you need to make, take the uh, time there to just to make amends. Just ring them up, you know, and uh, make that call. Make that call today if, you, if you're in that situation. But the great thing t- 
today to know is that for all of us, not just fathers, is that we have a heavenly Father in heaven that loves us. And it says in John 1, 12, 1, 12, but as many as received him, he gives them authority to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. As we believe in his name, he gives us the authority to become children of God, that we have a heavenly Father. So even if you don't have an earthly father or one that has been disappointed, you have a heavenly Father that loves you. A heavenly Father will stand with you. He sees you. He cares for you. And he will not let you go astray. He will actually be there all through your tough times. I just want you to close your eyes this morning as we close. And uh, I'm going to be praying in a minute for the fathers. But first of all, before we even get there, we've got to make sure that you're right with Jesus. Because if you're ever going to be a good example of a father, you have to know the Father in heaven. And He's made a way to each one of us to enter into that relationship. So this morning, I want to ask you this. uh, Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? morning? Have you repented of your sins? That you can come into a right relationship with Him? As I said before, but as many received Him, He gave them the authority to become the children of God to those that believe on His name. Do you believe on His name this morning? If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, never asked Him to forgive you of your sins, which is called repentance, and now is the opportunity to get right with Him. And once you've got right with Him, it will start everything else off. You'll get right with relationships with your kids, family and friends. If that's you in this place this morning, wherever you are, with every head bowed, eye closed, just raise your hands. I'll see that and I'll pray with you. I'll pray for you. When we align ourselves with God, the Father, everything else falls into place. As I said earlier, I didn't really care what my kids' career looked like, as in what job they would want to pick. But it was important that they look to God first. Because when they find God, they will find life. They will find all the answers they need. As an earthly father, I'm limited. But as a heavenly father, he's got unlimited. Could everybody just stand this morning? And I'm going to invite all the fathers out here. But not only the fathers, I want the fathers on the right here. I'm going to pray for you. But I also want to pray for those that had some disappointments with their fathers, still struggling or want to know how to reach out to them, whatever it may be. Just come to the front as well. We pray over you as well. So as this song plays, I want all the fathers out here, we want to pray on you. We want you to have that bold, courageous spirit that God has called us to have for the days ahead. Amen. 